What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, episode 23, and today we are going to be discussing all about that insane Champions League clash against Ajax, which ended 4-4 and had two red cards as well. And we'll also be touching on the victory over Watford at the weekend. I'm your host Mikey, and joining me as always is my co-host Chris, so let's get this episode on the road. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm your host Mikey, and joining me as always is my co-host Chris. Hello. Now... I'm battling on just like Chelsea did with the comeback because not feeling too great, but we're here. We've got stuff to talk about. And first up, we've got some news for a change, which is nice. And it's a big congratulations to Frank Lampard, who's won Manager of the Month for October. Brilliant. I mean, five Premier League wins in a row. He won eight out of ten in all competitions. Okay. It's only for the Premier League, this award, but still. Two points behind Manchester City. We've had five academy graduates in the squad. Three of those four, you know, are in the first team regularly. Brilliant news. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, it's brilliant news. He's, he's been superb the past couple of months. And, you know, he's got the team playing how he wants them to play. The youngsters are performing. Everyone's working for each other. The atmosphere at Stamford Bridge is electric every single week. So he's... He's got everyone on board, so he wants Chelsea to be run, and he's doing a brilliant job. Really, yeah, he deserves it. Ahead of you know, he was up against some good competition, you know, some yeah. strong, stellar competition, but he did have a perfect month. You know, yeah. every game he played, every game he managed. Sorry, we won. So, what can you say to that? You know, in the Premier League, it, it's pretty impressive, especially for his first season in the Premier League as well to win an award. It's an important award as well because a Chelsea manager hasn't won it since 2016, I believe, which was Antonio Conte. Yeah, that's so yeah. fair play to Frank. You know, it's a big step up he's took from Derby to Chelsea, the dream job for him, and he's won it. Fair play to him. There's nothing don't, else more to say. Don't forget as well, people were slighting him at the start of the season. People were saying, "Oh, he's out of his depth," but you know what? He's done really, really well. He's kept his head down, and fair play to him. Fair play to him. Exactly, and hopefully it's the first of many awards to come. So yes, I'm sure yeah. it will be. Second bit of news. Unfortunately, it's not good news. Antonio Rudiger has suffered a setback in his return from a groin injury, and he'll be out for three weeks, apparently up to another month, which it, it, it's, it sucks to hear. So it brings me to this question, actually. If our transfer ban is lifted upon appeal, do we need to sign a backup come January for centre-back? I mean, for me, even if Rudiger was fit, I think Lampard will buy Nathan Ake. I think like, it's almost a given that Nathan Ake is coming back to Stamford Bridge. Um, I mean, do we need another centre-back? We've got Christensen, Tamori, Zuma and Gehi. I mean, we all thought Tamori was going to go in the summer. He hasn't. He stayed, played really well. Do, could we push Gehi into the first team? Is he ready? maybe it's a bit too soon for him. So I'd say yes. I think we probably do need another centre-back. It's just, it's frustrating that he's had this reoccurrence because obviously we've not been able to have a fully fit squad yet. Yeah. And we're already in, starting to come into the festive period, which is so full of fixtures. The congestion is worse than my nose right now. You know, (laughs) it's, uh, it's something. And, you know, you brought up Nathan Ake. I would love him back. You know, even if we made one transfer and it was a pit, the appeal's good. I would love that one transfer to be Aki because he just puts in those consistent performances. And, you know, he's a former Chelsea player himself. And unfortunately, as with De Bruyne and others, 
we let these players go far too soon and thank God we've got a buyback clause. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a classy player. He's a proper, modern centre-back. Very good in the ball at his feet. Not the biggest, but he's still very good in the air. You know, I mean, this guy was linked to Man City in the summer, so he is some talent. Exactly that. He's He's got a special ability about him, and I'm sure that if we do bring him back, he'll, he will kick on and be even better than he yeah. has at Bournemouth. Yeah, so, definitely. We'll go into our first game review. It's not the most exciting one, but you know what? We've got to go somewhere. So at Vicarage Road, there were certainly some fireworks on the weekend before Bonfire Night when this occurred. Now, I may have been at a firework extravaganza, as they call them, as the game was playing. But you, Chris, you were able to see the whole game. And I did indeed watch extended highlights. So I'll be able to give a good review here. Jorginho, he was one of the finest assists I've seen for Tammy Abraham. And yeah. good finish. I mean, you know, we will miss him this weekend against Palace, but let's talk about his performance against Watford. Another great performance. And that assist, it, it was just beautiful, wasn't it? I mean, to see that pass before he even does it is incredible. Like the vision and, and just the audacity of it really is, is ridiculous. And so few players could have pulled that off. I mean, it shows how confident he is at the minute. It shows how good of a player he is. He is world-class Jorginho. He got a lot of stick last year, but I think everyone knew there was a world-class player in him and he, he's proven that this year by far. And, you know, fair play to Tammy Abraham for, for seeing the pass and, and to making a good run. And it is a really good finish as well to dig it, it was, with Ben Foster. It was indeed. And with Ben Foster, Christian Pulisic, you know, he was in fine form again in the league and he could have he could have easily got another hat-trick from what I saw. But obviously, Ben Foster, he, he had his late Halloween costume on as prime Manuel Neuer. Uh, I mean, that 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 performance from him, he was stopping everything. It felt like we were never going to get a goal. He <laughs> it really scored. was. He, he did. We He did indeed. You know, we'll go on to that in a, a little bit. But defensive-wise, Kurt Zuma, solid performance, as was Emerson. Now, were you surprised to see Emerson in the starting eleven so soon? Um, yes and no, because to be fair, Alonso had been playing well. I think if Alonso had had a better game than he did against Man United, I think Alonso probably would have started against Watford. But I think it was just giving Alonso a rest, um, really. But yeah, I mean, Emerson played really well. We got up and down, usual, energetic self. A few signs of rustiness there, but that, that's always going to happen after an injury. But yeah. It's good to see him back in the starting eleven, and hopefully he'll, he'll come back again this weekend or, or after the international break. Yeah, totally agree with your points there. I mean, I, I was surprised because obviously going based on before midweek, Alonso was he was in top form, and it's a big gutsy move to take out an informed player and bring in a back a player in that's just come back from injury. But you know, he he didn't put in a poor performance. It was a reasonable performance from Emerson, and you know. It's just great to see him back because obviously he was a key part of our eleven before these injuries. So, you know, and he's also got a call up for the Italian national side again. So hopefully he'll do well for, for them over the break and come back fully fit as well. That's the key, keep importance. Yes, definitely. So we're going to go on to a player who we've both talked about in recent weeks and he's getting the plaudits he finally truly deserves. Matteo Kovacic. We talked about him in depth, obviously, last week. And against Watford, he was absolutely phenomenal. You know, man of the match performance. And it's been agreed upon that it was a man of the match performance by the majority of Chelsea fans. Worth the £40 million now, is he? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, 
you talk about an immense performance. He was a warrior in that midfield. They just couldn't get the ball off him or Jorginho. It, that was just superb. Both of them were just... They've got this partnership that has just grown and grown each game. And they just found each other every time. And it's like the ball was glued to Kovacic's feet. I mean, he drove through midfield. He passed uh, to uh, a teammate every time. He didn't uh, have any sloppy passes. His tackling was good. Everything about his game was perfect. I mean, he really was just a warrior in that midfield against Watford. Yeah, I, I, I just love how he's, he's he's come on leaps and bounds this season under a different manager and a different sort of, slightly different style of play. It's the same with Jorginho. They've both worked so well together this season. Mm-hmm. And it is because of obviously Lampard's style of play. Now, this was a question I've already said this week on Twitter, which caused a little bit of... Uh, kickback, which I understand, but with the success and form that Jorginho and Kovacic are showing, is it fair to say we potentially, the key word there, potentially don't need to rely on N'Golo Kante anymore? No, you asked me this and obviously... <laughs> I did? I, uh, I sort of... Uh, had a different view, I think. Um, I personally think we've got to keep N'Golo Kante because he's he is a world-class midfielder and for me, you have to fit him in your team but having said that it shows how good Kovacic and Jorginho have been that we're even discussing selling N'Golo Kante I mean, Ex- exactly phenomenal. but my point to you midweek which I said is you could say the same about Ruben Loftus-Cheek how is he going to fit into this Chelsea team now do we really need him in the form of Mason Mount and Pulisic and Jorginho and Kovacic you know I think it sums up how Chelsea have played so far this season that we're talking about, oh, do we need Kante? Do we need Loftus-Cheek? The midfield and attackers and, and centre-attacking weirds and wingers, they've all played really, really well. And that's a testament to them and Frank Lampard this season. Yeah, yeah, very true. I mean, obviously, your response to me was a lot less sweary than... Uh, <laughs> I wasn't saying we need to sell him because, yes, he's no, world-class, no, no. but yeah. it's sort of that... We, we might not need to be so consistent relying on him to be in the first 11 every game. I mean, rotation is key, as, as they say. But again, Loftus-Cheek, you know, he's coming back from his injury. It's it's great to have this problem, but obviously it's that form versus injury factor. And Jorginho Kovacic, we will miss Jorginho this weekend. It'll be interesting to see yeah. what Frank does with regards to replacing him, which we'll again talk on in our preview. But... It's, you know, we've gone from a midfield trio of almost Ross Barkley, Danny Drinkwater and Bakayoko to one involving Kovacic, Shorjino, both an incredible top class, world class form. Adding that with N'Golo Kante, it's an incredible, incredible midfield. And I would argue that it's possibly the best in the league. You could argue that. You definitely could argue that. I mean, there's not many better, to be fair. So, I mean, as far as Ross Barkley goes, I think, his career at Chelsea could be coming to an end without everyone's playing and, you know, the depth that we've got, I think he could be really struggling to get back in that Chelsea team now. Yeah, it's a real shame and we could end up, depending on how this season goes, he could potentially be on the, uh, on the way in the summer. We'll have to see on that, but you know, he's injured at the moment, so he won't be playing this weekend, which, you know, it's a shame for him because obviously it's a good opportunity with the likes of Jorginho suspended and all that sort of thing. But yeah, we'll have to see really. So, our goalkeeper, Kepper, he made some incredible stops to prevent Watford from getting anything from this game, to be honest. And as we said earlier, what a save to deny Ben Foster. Ben Foster, the goalkeeper, that is, grabbing an equaliser right at the end. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a terrific save and fair play to Ben Foster. He's by far Watford's best player of the weekend. So, 
he's doing well to get on, on to the end of the header. But yeah, Kepa, again, showing how, how classy he is. Didn't really have a lot to do during the game, but, you know, he concentrated to the very end. And I think it's in the 93rd, 94th minute, last kick of the game, makes a terrific save and, and you know, saves us a game, really. So fair play to him. Yeah, I mean, we can't talk Kepa without talking about the fact that we didn't keep a clean sheet due to VAR. You know, penalty awarded was due to apparently a clear and obvious error. So what were your thoughts on the whole debacle? Uh, it wasn't a penalty. I just, I really just don't think it was a penalty. DFAU just goes down way too long after Jorginho touches him. There is contact there, but not enough to, to send him down. And I don't think it's a clear and obvious mistake, but... Mike Dean was uh, was in charge of VAR, so <laughs> I think that sums it up, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it was barely a touch in my view as well. And he does, as you said, he goes down so late. And, you know, he only goes down late when I feel he knows he isn't going to get to that ball and it's going out for a corner. Exactly, and exactly. It's another instance of how VAR is, is being... I'm not against VAR, but at the moment it's being so poorly used in our league. Well, you know, it is. Last week against Tottenham, um, the handball against Deli Alley, where he literally you could see his arm above his head, unnatural yeah. position. I thought this is going to be a penalty, and and it weren't. And I just, I, I really don't get it. I don't see, I don't see what they're trying to achieve. Because one week, oh yeah, clear and obvious, it's a penalty. Next week, clear and obvious, and they're not giving it. So what? It's strange, yeah, very strange. Exactly. You know, there was also two instances at Villa Park. Firmino yeah. was offside by his armpit, apparently. It's it's a, it's, it's a different uh, way of looking at how they're using VAR. I mean, I feel at the end of the season, they're going to readdress it and it will be different. They have to implement it differently next season. Whether they're going to do it as in like how cricket do with half a ball, if half a ball, if the player's half a ball offside, they're yeah. offside. Yeah. If it's less... It doesn't yeah, count. A bit of leeway, sort of, basically. Yeah, I mean, I know you could argue how far do we go with leeway, but the way it currently is being implemented, it's not, it's not viable. It doesn't work, no, and it's just causing, it's causing frustration and also confusion because obviously people in the ground are like, "What's going on here? I, I, what's going on?" You know, maybe thirty seconds countdown music at the end of that. You know, if we put sound effects into the game, it would be very a much more enjoyable experience for everyone. But, yeah, that's really the end of the Varford review. Ha, great. But, yeah, <laughs> terrible. But we'll go on to a bit more of a... It was a. It was an OK game, you know, the IX game. It, you know it, it, had, it had some I'm points. Sure. We'll, we'll try and find something to talk about here. I'm so glad so, I got rid of BT Sport a week before this game. So bad. So bad. What an insane game of football. But two questions. How did we not lose that? And how did we not win that? Uh, two answers to those questions. Uh, first one, I'm not sure. Second one, I'm not sure either. So, it, it, we, I, I, we were four-one down, and at that point, I was almost about to tweet out from the account. Well, this is going to be difficult with Valencia winning, and I thought, well, I thought I still leave the game on, see how we play, uh, and then a red card, a red card, a, a penalty, obviously. The 4-2 went in, but, you know, wow, what a game. And then when you come away from being 4-1 down to then be at the end of the game going, how do we not win that? You know, it says a lot of how a game of football can change on a, almost a turn of a card, a turn of a decision. You know, the standout goals, there are eight of them. Sayek's the free kick was a strike. You know, OK, it did go in off the post, off Kepper's face, unfortunately. But you can't fault Kepper there, but... No. It's a, it, 
the intention was there from Zayek, and we've brought him up on the pod before. You've got to watch out for him. It, it was incredible, and he could secure a sudden move to a big club. You know, well, yeah. he, he was incredible. Yeah. He really was. I mean, for me, he was the best player on the pitch. And like you said, I, I don't know how a big club hasn't gone in for him yet. I mean, he's, that, his left foot is absolute dynamite. He is such a good set-piece taker as well. Tremendous, tremendous player. Really good. Yeah, if it's true that he was available for the 25 million euros that he, it was rumoured, then wow. that, that's going to be... You could get that double now for him, almost, yeah, I'd say. Easily. So, 30 minutes left for the game. And we were losing 4-1, yet we carried on and we scored three goals and we had a fourth ruled out by VAR, sadly. VAR again. VAR, VAR, whichever it is. You know, the right call, though, based on the rules of the game, it was the right call. Mm, but Yeah, it was, yeah. With 11 men, fair play, Ajax were the better side. Yeah. You yeah, know. I mean, we were poor for 60, 65 minutes, very poor, I think... Set pieces again were a struggle. We just defended very, very poorly. He was we weren't we weren't organised in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I've been quite organised, but he was just sloppy, very sloppy. Alonso didn't have a great game, but you know, fair play to Frank and fair play to the players that they changed it at half time. Personnel changed. Rich James came on, played really, really well, got a good goal, and we fought back and we showed some character in that second half, and you know, got a point and should have. Should have won it, really. Disappointed that we didn't get a win in the end. It, yeah, totally, totally agree. I mean, a few weeks ago, we spoke so highly about Marcos Alonso. And then yeah. after that game, well, it, it was awful. It was it was awful. Has he undone all the good this season in his performance against Ajax? I think so. I think he's almost... He, th- he knows he's played well the past couple of weeks. And he, he's thought, you know what? This is my pace now. And he's took it for granted. And he's just gone back to his old ways of playing really poorly and just being very sloppy on the ball, being, being very slow, very poor decision-making. And it, it was a terrible performance. That's the only thing you can say about it. And, you know, Frank was right to take him off at half-time. There's no way around it. Yeah, I mean, that will go on to, obviously, Rhys James coming on in a bit. However, that move, it just had to be done. Marco, he just, it was such a shame because we've talked him up so well because he's deserved the praise and the plaudits. Yeah. And it was one of the worst 45 minutes of football I've seen from anyone in a Chelsea shirt. I know that sounds over the top, but it was just so awful. He just, he just didn't seem to be in that game. No, and, I, totally, I totally agree with that. Oh, what a shame because he's been in such fine form. Yeah, And yeah. obviously... Emerson, I don't know whether the Emerson thing on the weekend in being dropped may have got to him a little bit. I don't imagine it would have, but I just thought you've spoiled. It's not so much, maybe not for the club or for the manager, but a lot of knee-jerk reactions with these sort of performances do occur. And some fans will go, this is exactly what we were saying, get him out of the team. And you don't understand why, because it was just, oh, it was just dreadful. Yeah. It it was such a shame. And I hopefully it, you know, hopefully it doesn't, you know, undo all the good. But now we're starting to hear the rumours about potentially Ben Chilwell. If if we sign Ben Chilwell, Alonso's career at Chelsea is pretty much done. You know, he'll yeah. he'll head off because we'll keep Emerson. Chilwell will probably be the starter. And it'll be such a shame because Marcus Alonso, he's had good seasons with us when he was a left wing back. And he was showing that he could play left back this season as well under Frank. And then obviously that 45 minutes goes in and yeah, not, not the best. No, no, so, unfortunately not. Another key turning point in the game was back-to-back red cards for Ajax. Daily Blind and Veltman. 
Lind with two poor challenges in a matter of seconds. Now, I did see at first I saw it and I didn't quite understand why he'd got sent off. And that sounds a bit weird at first because I didn't see how bad that second challenge was yeah. on Tammy. You know, now I, when I saw it again on the replays, I thought that was quite nasty. It was like, yeah. oh, you know, Veltman got obviously his second yellow for what I believe was deliberate handball. Were both red cards deserved? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't think Ajax fans can really complain about, about the red cards, to be honest. I mean, it, it is what it is. It, it was confusing at first because you don't see many refs give two yellow cards to a player that quickly. But I think they were both yellow card challenges and, you know, Veltman is a handball and, you know, that is a yellow card offence. So he's got to go. Yeah, it's obviously this has been a week where challenges and obviously these kind of situations have caused, well, people to sort of look up because obviously we've had the awful injury that happened to Gomez, even though it wasn't intentional, what happened after. The Tammy one, it, it it's just it's just one of those you, you wince at a little bit because you think, Crikey, that could have gone terribly wrong and he yeah. could have been in serious trouble. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I firmly believe and I, I don't believe that any football player would ever intentionally harm God, no, anyone. no. I mean, that, but, you know, these things happen. Sometimes you slip, sometimes, you know, you supposed to get caught in the ground and, you know, so you just go for the ball and just miss time tackle. These things do happen. Unfortunately, they do lead to injuries like what happened with uh, Andre Gomez at the weekend. Sometimes you're lucky and, and don't get injured, but, it's just part and parcel of playing football when you take that risk, unfortunately. And, you know, it's, yeah, it looked painful, but thankfully Tammy was all right and, you know, he carried on playing. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, it did change the game, you know, but they were deserved red cards. It's yeah, the letter of the law. Veltman sounds a bit, was it deliberate? It's the letter of the law. And actually, to be fair, the referee did give an advantage on what happened after. He, it, I know it's triple jeopardy, so to speak, but that's the rule of the law. And, you know, he had to go. On a more happier note, Kurt Zuma, messy style run, crazy, and it's a shame he didn't score, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> fair thanks to Kurt Zuma, but I must admit, the one thing I've noticed about Kurt Zuma, he probably has the slowest stepovers I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> when you see him do a stepover, you think, wow, he's got really long legs. When you see Ronaldo do it, he's really quick, but then like, Zuma does it, and it's like the moon, like you know, when he goes around the uh, the earth, it's just ridiculously slow. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong at all. It's a it's a it's but a weird. Yeah, he, he did he did himself proud. To be fair, yeah, he did definitely. They all did to be fair to come back. So you know, it, it was a it was a it was an impressive comeback. You know, so it was great to see Rhys James get his first Champions League goal. He obviously came on for Alonso and it meant he played on the right and Azpilicueta was on the left side. Does Rhys James deserve to start against Palace after that performance? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he is very, very sharp. I mean, the goal he scored as well, brilliant goal and you can tell what it meant to him. Fantastic celebrations at the end. But yeah, he was our best player in that second half without a doubt and you got to say he deserves a chance in the Premier League, really. I, I think if he does start, I do think Aspidaquera will be at left-back. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a difficult one because of obviously the injuries, but it was such an impressive performance from the, the guy that, yeah. you know, you wouldn't argue, depending on how Emerson's feeling, if he goes for that Aspidaquera and Rich, especially, you know, it'll be coming up against Wilfred Zahar this weekend. So it's it's going to be a tough battle that maybe Aspilicueta, he's better off on that left side. Potentially. Yeah, I mean, have yeah, to so see. 
they're very quick on the counter attack. Obviously, they've got Zaha, they've got Ayu Townsend. Very, very quick slope. They're very, very quick players. So, got to be careful. Um, Van Arnold as well, the left back. So, it'll be interesting to see how we shape up, but we've got to be wary of that pace. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Because, you know, we've, we've learned lessons before when, obviously, yes, how he's just destroyed us. So, yeah. yeah. You know, finally on the Champions League, Chelsea, Ajax and Valencia all sit on seven points. This group is getting very, very tight at the top. It does mean that one of those three teams will be in the Europa League, but we don't want that yet. We no, want Champions no. League. You know, do you believe we can go away to Valencia and get those crucial three points? Yes. Yes, I do. I mean, I, I think it was a very, a very poor performance against Valencia to begin with. And I, I feel at the minute we're better away from home, so there's no reason why we can't get a win there. It will be difficult. Yeah, yeah, it, it is going to be a difficult performance. It, a performance sorry, is going to be a difficult matchup. But we went you know. to Ajax and we got a one 0 win there, so exactly a better team than Valencia, yeah. so we can get a win there. Exactly, I couldn't agree more. It, it's going to be difficult, but we weren't terrible when we played Valencia. No, we should you have got a draw. We should have. We, sh- we really should have. It didn't go our way, so. Yeah, it's it's. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a very very exciting end to our group, and you know, hopefully, we've got it in us to go out, go away, get those three points. We showed we can do it against Ajax. Hopefully, the whole squad's fit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple as that. So yeah, it's been an exciting week for the Champions League. Going on to our game preview. Just the one this week. We've not got two games. It's a, it's a quiet week because we're going into that international break again. Oh. Yay. Yeah, great. <laughs> so next up in the Premier League, obviously, game week 12. We're at home to Palace. Jorginho's booking last weekend, obviously, against Watford means he will miss this game due to suspension. How do you feel this is going to affect the team and what midfield would you play to compensate? I mean, it'll be a massive miss, but I'd rather have him available for the Man City game than this game. Um, Agreed. I do think I do think Kovacic will probably fit in for Jorginho and that that uh, sort of uh, Reggie star, as they say on Twitter these days, um, in that role. And I think Kante will be alongside him. And I think if Mount's seventy five percent, eight percent fit to play, then I think he'll start Mount as well. Just in, just in front of them. It'd be interesting if Kante is back fully fit mm. because I don't know. I don't. I didn't really pay. More, most attention to the uh, press conferences today. I don't know if Kante was mentioned as in his fitness. So I think he is fit to play. I think he's okay. fit to play. So I mean, he was he was fit to play against Ajax. He got past fit then. So I'm presuming he'll be all right for this weekend. But you know, who knows? I, I don't see who else we can play there. And if yeah. Gilmore gets a, a chance, which you know, I'd be fine with. To be fair, so yeah, Gilmore has that sort of Jorginho esque yeah. about him. That he's nowhere near the quality yet, obviously. However, he does that about him that he could fill in for that role on a one-off game. And, you know, this is a good Palace side. Yeah, very let's good. Not, yeah. Let's not forget where this Palace side are, considering a lot of us, even myself, thought they'd be more likely relegation fodder. Obviously, their recent form is, obviously, they've the last five games, two wins, two defeats and a draw. Our form is the best in the league, I must wow. add. Five wins, of course. So that's it's quite nice, but obviously set pieces and how we've been with, yeah, you know, defensively. We're shoring it up at the back, which is good. Yeah, but obviously you still worry. 
I, I it just seems that... if we have ditched complete, not completely, but we sort of tinkered with zonal marking. Now it's kind of kind of half doing it, kind of half not doing it, which is good. We have been better. I know I actually weren't great, but I've been slightly better from set pieces. But you have got to be wary of Gary Cahill. Yeah, um, he's, he's he knows our team. He knows yeah, our team, yeah. and he's been really good this season. And it makes you wonder why teams like Arsenal didn't go in for him. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a solid centre-back, Gary Cahill. Very old-fashioned, as we've gone over before in his Court Heroes episode. Exactly, yeah. Old-fashioned centre-back. And he, he'd, he'd do a job at Arsenal. He'd be no worse than Mustafi. Definitely not. Yeah, but, I mean, I feel that we'll probably go, you know, it'll probably be the obvious Kepper, Azpi, Zuma, Tamori, Emerson, defensive-wise. Yeah. That trio in midfield, I mean, if Kante's fit, he's going to play. Kovacic, Definitely obviously, right. as well. It, maybe maybe Pulisic will be in that number 10 role. You know, it, yeah. it, could be, it depends on Mount as well. We don't know. He's going to be assessed on the day. So, obviously, it's a lunchtime kickoff as well. So, it's it's quite it's come quite quick, obviously. It's not nice with injuries this week as well. With, we're hearing about really good setback. Yeah. But I'd love to see Mount play, but he'd also... Maybe he needs a rest. I don't know. It's difficult because he's been good recently, but obviously people have sort of said as well, does he need a bit of a a downtime, a bit of a rest? But yeah, it's going to be a good, it's one of those nervous games, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, Palace have done well away against the big six in recent they have. seasons. So you can't be wary of them. And they've got some big results this season already. So again, they're, they're no pushovers. So you've got to be careful, really careful. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've played Arsenal. It's Arsenal. They drew 2-2. They've played City. They lost. They lost to Spurs as well, which, you know, this isn't the best of Spurs sides. No. They've beat Manchester United at Old Trafford. You could argue that how they're playing. You know, they lost to Leicester as well. I, I feel that we have to win it, It's but it's one of these games, a bit like the West Ham games that we play, that we you can easily slip up. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. I feel that it being at home, we've got that little bit of an advantage. I mean, I'm predicting a 2-0. I'm quite confident that we're, we're going to be able to hold off their attack. You know, Jordan Ayew has been quite a revelation for him. And fair play, you know, great to see him doing well. It's a shame. I, I say this now, it might come back to bite me, but Benteke has been Benteke, unfortunately. I've never seen a player drop off in performance since leaving Villa. And, you know, we were linked with him as well at one point yeah, when he yeah. was at Villa. And he has just gone down. So such a shame as well, considering how good he was for Villa. Ha- What's your score prediction? I mean, you know what's going to happen now, Benteke. Yeah, hat-trick, 3-0. Yeah. We're going to lose. I'm so sorry, everyone. But, <laughs> um, yeah. My prediction, um, I think it'll be 2-1 to us. Yeah, that's fair. You know, clean cheats and everything. It's not our... You know, if Kante plays, I know, obviously, what I've said about... Didn't say we should sell him. <laughs> just just clarifying that. Yes, but, know, you know, know. defensively, we're, we're, we're going to be even stronger there. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. and obviously Zuma and Tamore again, they're in top form. Zuma may get a messy hat trick as well, you know. Maybe with those long step overs of it. Yeah, they're they're very interesting. They're so strange to watch. You just, I, I I know exactly what you mean with them. It's it's a strange one, but yeah. So two one, I've gone two 0 now. Before we go, next week's episode will be a bit of a special one, as hopefully we're going to have our first ever guest on the pod. You know, so. Chris has got some some work bits he's got uh, he's up he's up he's doing yeah and, unfortunately yeah unfortunately but we've got a, a Crystal Palace fan as a guest 
And you may know him from different websites. So hopefully that will be sorted and it'll be something you enjoy. So, yeah, with that, that concludes another episode of At The Bridge Pod. So this is Mikey and Chris signing off. See you next week. No, not next week. No, you won't. You no, will not. You, the week you. after. When we're back from the, when we're on our international break. See you in two weeks time. <laughs> See you in two weeks time. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be back next week. We will return next week where we will talk all things Chelsea. So until then, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at at the bridge pod. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time. <laughs>